looking at the famous photo of Henry Freeman, it depicts a rather large gentleman, the waxed Sylvester hat on, a fisherman's jumper, and one of the newfangled, as they were in them days, life jack, cork life jackets. The life jacket saved his life. He was in the lifeboat in 1861, when sadly it, it was overturned by a freak wave and he was the sole survivor and it was only because he was wearing a life jacket that he survived. Hi, I'm Dave Freeman, I'm the lifeboat operations manager here at Flamborough. I've been for a number of years now. Henry was born around this area in the 1800s, uh, he was my great, great, great uncle and he left this area as a brickmaker to go to Whitby to make bricks when they were redeveloping parts of Whitby, I think it was called a crag and he learnt then that he's better off at sea than it was, better money at sea than it was brickmaking. That rescue in 1861 had come, there was a lot of shipping, got caught out by a gale of wind, a northerly gale, and a lot of boats got caught out and there was a lot of boats in jeopardy. The lifeboats had been off six times that day and they were on their way back in after the sixth attempt at rescuing people when they became casualties themselves, i.e. a wave hit them and capsized the boat. Life jackets, when Henry Freeman first joined the lifeboat, which that incident was his first service in the, within the RNLI, they were a new thing, people weren't used to using them, whereas these days everybody that goes on board the lifeboat wears a life jacket as a matter of course. and. Okay, in them days they'd put total faith in pieces of cork stitched to a canvas back hook, keeping them afloat. Technology's progressed vastly from there and the modern life jackets are far superior to that. But you put your faith in what you've been what you've got and what you've been what you're used to using. Henry coming back after that shelter soul survivor it, it would have some very deep meaning would certainly make anybody think if they're the sole survivor. Why me? You know, why not somebody else? Even though he was the only one wearing a life jacket, it would still make you think, why? Henry Freeman was awarded the Ironalyze Silver Medal for gallantry for his actions on that day. And subsequently, 20 years later, there was a, an incident and he was awarded the Silver Bar to go on his silver medal as a, a, another award for gallantry. Henry didn't get put off by that singular incident when he was when the boat capsized. He kept on in the lifeboat for quite a number of years and he saved a large number of lives in the process.
my history with the RLI started when, well, I started going fishing in the local boats when I was at school, weekends and school holidays. And the people I went to see with were in the lifeboat crew. So automatically you got interested in the lifeboat as well. And when I left school, I was a fisherman for a while. And I started as a shore helper and then worked my way up sea going crew in the all weather boat. And then when we brought the, shut that station down and opened this ILB station here, I was helmsman for a number of years and then I became deputy launching authority for a number of years and then now I'm operations manager. My profession, I, I left fishing, I got a cadetship with a well-known oil company and I spent 44 years in the Merchant Navy and the last 25 of that was as captain on various size tankers, gas carriers. Uh, the last ship I was on was actually the largest liquefied methane carrier in the world. Being at sea in the Merchant Navy is a different entity to being at sea in the RNLI and I tended to keep them separate because it's a different way of life and different same basic rules do, don't lose respect for the sea but you applied it in a different manner. RLI to me now is a way of life in as much as I volunteer for the RLI as I always have done, various roles. So really you just accept, you, you, you do it because you want to do it. When I started we had 35 foot 6 Liverpool class lifeboat which was not self-rating and it used considerable manpower to push it down the beach when the tide was out. We progressed from there to an Oakley class lifeboat and, and a big tractor to drag it down the beach when the tide was out. And then we, we transferred from an all-weather boat to an inshore boat which required a lot less manpower was much quicker to launch and subsequently you got launched more often. Our calls nowadays are, are quite varied from small pleasure craft breaking down in need of assistance in danger of being washed ashore, commercial fishing craft sometimes again in danger of being washed ashore broken down <clears throat> people cut off by the tide, that's quite a few. The main thing, latterly, is paddle boarders and kayakers getting into difficulties around Flamborough Head, and it's not a friendly place at sea around Flamborough Head if you don't know where you're going. With regards to the weather conditions and being at sea, there's sometimes when, when it is bad weather, you're very conscious of the weather. Certainly in the all-weather boat that we had, we were always mindful of the wind direction and the tide direction which could make it very, very difficult to get back. 
and there's numerous occasions when the boat couldn't get back to North Landing and we've had to go around to either Bridlington Harbour or Scarborough or even Whitby before now. But it was always man you were always mindful of the weather conditions. I am Ella Dubroy. I am crew at Chiswick Lifeboat. If you want to hear more stories from the RNLI's 200 Voices collection, then head to rnli.org forward slash 200 voices or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.